Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sheep and Friends podcast. I'm your co-host, Markeith. Disclaimer, what you're about to hear on this podcast might offend you. Might offend you. So, by all means, if you don't like what you hear, please click out of it. And don't rant about it on Twitter. Well, do, but also don't try to cancel us. It it sounds weird, but... Yo, just don't fuck up our careers, okay? That's what we gotta say. Like, we're just doing this shit for jokes. No one's not getting hurt here. Please. Okay. Cue the opener. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, beautiful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sheep and Friends podcast. I am your host, as always, Sinister Sheep. And back again with my co-host, the talented Markeith Black. Hey, you say talented. That's that's actually nice. Thank you. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, and we have a special guest with us, content creator and short filmmaker, Dustin. Say hello to the people, Dustin. Why, hello, all the people. I'm ha- Nice, very nice. I'm happy to be talking just, to the people. Right. Can I just say you're actually the first guest that's actually conscious of their audio? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> thank you actually. so very much. You're welcome. I, you know, and I, uh, I wish I could do a better job here for you. Actually, I, I won't lie; it won't be my best work, but it is, it is some work. It will be me, the best work we've in, had yet. Yeah, you're putting in more work than any of our other guests and such. Just to give you an example, um, Leon from the Nerdent <laughs> crew uh, has like a over-the-head mic, like a gamer mic, and he puts it so close to his mouth that it's constantly like peaking, just blurring, and that. Oh, you I don't mean, like that. That's not that's not your <laughs> no, favorite no, thing. No, as as a TA in audio, I would say not really. <laughs> oh, don't flaunt that shit around. No, you don't like oh, it. I, I throw that shit around when it gets real loud, and then everyone Dustin, is upset. Yes, yeah, like doesn't actually like a big distorted mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so. So, Dustin, we know, me and Marquise know Dustin from college. Um, and and I. I Whatever the fuck. Oh, my God. You fucking grammar Nazi. Can you just let whoa, me live my life? Whoa. Not, no, not Nazi. Kyle, bitch. Shut whoa. the fuck up. <laughs> He's throwing um, aggression at you. Yeah. Well, this is this is the general mood of the podcast. Um, <laughs> or at least my mood generally. But uh, I know uh, Dustin from one of my classes that i was a ta for i knew you a little bit beforehand but we started really getting familiar during that class and honestly even though i was a ta in audio which ta stands for teacher assistance in case you're a fucking no idiot. one's not that idiot um <laughs> i thought you were on tits and ass duty in the class <laughs> <laughs> listen i am i am more of an ass man but really honestly i'm a thigh guy thigh guy through and through thigh thick thighs Save lives. Do you, just through do, and through. Do, do, you thigh th- do you thigh fuck? Try saying that 15 times fast. Thigh fuck? Yeah, do you thigh I, fuck? Thigh you fuck, know, thigh fuck, thigh fuck, thigh fuck, thigh fuck, thigh fuck. I oh, don't want to display what I do with the misses on the podcast, but wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Um, <laughs> she's going to kill you. <laughs> she's going to fucking murder me. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I knew Dustin from there and, uh, you know, Immediately, his projects were way, uh, mm, yeah, way no, no, better than everyone else. As someone who was part of class two, yeah, nah, your 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 projects were like a one. Um, mm-hmm. 
I try. Like, it's you, only because, like, you know, the, the, you know, I you care. Yeah, I, I was gonna <laughs> say, you know, I like the, you know, I go outside of the classroom to get information. But what I was thinking about is how there's a couple, you know, there's some really talented uh, people who we. Uh, who are classmates of ours who weren't in that class who I would have been definitely more conscientious of in terms of like oh yeah mm, true paying attention I'm really showing my hand that I treat everything like a competition or at least school at least like schooling feels <laughs> like you're you're validating me by giving by showering me with that opinion because <laughs> yeah see when I do that you're very humble. But when I do that with Markeith, he's like, yo, I'm the fucking best. You said it yourself. And then he never am. lets me live all it right, down. Nah. I will say you two were the top students. I mean, Thank we you. all kind of knew who the bottom was, but that's that's all right. <laughs> I, um. <laughs> you know, I, I it's interesting because you, you mentioned that. And the first thing that I think of is when people tell me that I'm doing well or that I'm pretty good, my first thought is I think about the people who are better than me. And then I think about how mm-hmm. I just still have to try to be better than them. I'm bad at accepting compliments. Uh, <laughs> we, we, like that, that that's a, wait, you're I a musician, just, right? I am. I'm a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. See now that, that I feel like that's a musician thing because I have the same mentality too. Um, was it like, you know, people will say I'm good at shit and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But I'm but not fucking Chris. better than me. I'm not goddamn Chris. <laughs> Fucking Chris is so right. tight, and he has the sharpest grooves, and he never leaves the pocket, and it's delicious. <laughs> but I can't be Chris, no matter how many yeah. compliments. Tight, tight in what way, Dustin? Um, he, he is, you know, very right on the rhythm, but also, if I'm going to be specific, he's a little... If I say that he's anal retentive, I mean it as a high compliment because it's why he it's why he's as good of a drummer as he is. It's why he's as good as a recording artist that he is, and it's because he's a little anal. And I think that I say that with love, and he's a good guy. Uh, I recorded with him one time. This guy who I'm talking about is uh, I recorded mm-hmm. with him, and it was like it. It's the closest I think I'm ever gonna feel like the movie Whiplash. When you have someone who is just <laughs> drilling you and drilling you and drilling you and making sure you stay on the beat and bothering you about it. I remember at one point, like, I had to stand up and be like, yo, I just got to breathe, man. I just got to breathe. <laughs> and, uh, but, I mean, it was great tracks that we ended up uh, producing. It made me a better drummer, but it was uh, stressful uh, as all heck. But that's how he gets, you know, th- that's how you get quality. So, I mean, it, there's a trade-off. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's practice and practice. Now, you're also... In in my opinion, one of the better or maybe the best in our college uh, filmmakers, or at least from what I've seen of your work, you know, like um, you had that one short. I can't quite remember the name of it, but it's like you and a group of friends were trying to buy weed from this guy. And it was. I, I don't remember. Yep, that was the it. one called, and it was aptly named "Find the Weed." I I like. Yeah. It. <laughs> wow, I can't believe there's, there's <laughs> that title escaped. I don't, shit. I don't, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't try to get funny with titles. I don't want to get. I don't need to be clever. I want people yeah. to hear it and know. Okay, this is what I'm about to watch. So, "Find the Weed" was about three guys who, uh, you know, I I based it loosely on a script that I wrote when I was in um, when I just left high school because when I was when I, you know, 
I, I'm only, I think, like a couple of years older than you guys. Not too much. But mm-hmm. when I was right out of high school, and that's when I started smoking weed the most, weed still very much was cloaked in this, you know, criminality. It's it's illegal. Only bad people do it. Like, that's those ideas were still very fresh at, at you know, only like eight years ago. And it's like, are you are you familiar with Safe by the Bell at all? Uh, v- vaguely, vaguely. So they had this one episode where this new kid comes in and he's like a bad dude. He's got like a leather jacket or whatever. And like, he's like, you guys want to smoke marijuana? <gasps> and he holds the joint like like a supervillain would hold a joint. Like he holds it so menacingly, <laughs> like not how you would regularly hold the joint. Just like, look at this evil concoction. Almost like a Mr. Burns type, like with the hands, like, mm, yes, kind of it was, kind of thing. And it's like, what is going on? You know, and then the D.A.R.E. program was still had its claws and kids. So for a You know oh what's God, funny? Statistically, D.A.R.E. increased drug use in, <laughs> in oh i believe in it. minor oh. activity because they were like all right there's this thing called cocaine and it makes you really really hyper and weed makes you really really like mellow and then kids are back in the notebooks just like writing down like okay weed all cocaine, right you got it <laughs> like they taught more about different drugs like now they now kids knew all the drugs so they were like no one all right, no one would have known what, what ghb or ketamine was if it weren't for right? the program right exactly <laughs> exactly and they they would always have in my school at least they would always have like a police officer like <laughs> i remember specifically i incorporated this into my stand-up routine about how fucking stupid it was but it's like you know you may be having a drug and not even know it do all any of you drink soda and we were like yeah and he was like caffeine is a drug <laughs> it's like it's like oh shit caffeine like, is a drug hindsight being hindsight is like why the fuck would you tell that like make make me feel bad for having a sprite i thought i was like doing hardcore drugs just like <laughs> not yeah, caffeine is a drug being like, sugar is a drug candy is a drug the only thing you need is jesus <laughs> and celery <laughs> that's all you need that's you the know, only when thing it comes that you're to allowed being a child um it's it's better to be in bliss sometimes because yeah it's like definitely. you said um when you have a fucking cop coming in telling you about um lsd and then he tells you about oh yeah lsd can make you fucking trip and have you have different alternative reality experiences one minute you could be on the ground the next minute you could be in the space shaking hands with neil armstrong and i'm just like <laughs> uh now I want to try LSD. Thank you very much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, and those are that's. I mean, if you, you can't find a safer drug than LSD and 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 mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I, I did see a documentary on um, taking LSD, and it was like the like it, it told you the the safest ways to take it and what not to do when to take it. Uh, boof it. Oh, I think it was called um. That's have the a safest good trip. Way. Boof it. Boof it. Wait, what is that? I didn't hear Boof that it. One. Shove it right up your ass. Boof okay. and drugs. Oh. <laughs> or a butt chug uh, in, a, in the layman. See, I'll try anything, in but I layman. won't try that. But uh, yeah, boofing. That's all the rage these days. Kids love the boof drugs. Put a little cocaine wow. in your asshole. Put some ketamine in your asshole. Put some, put some LSD just right in your asshole. You'll lose your shit. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if any Jake Paul subscribers try boofing. 
Oh God, let's not even talk. Hey, about he Jake did Paul. well in that fight, right? Didn't he? Like I, I heard that that was like the it. only highlight of the night. The last, the last words Nate heard was "Please like and subscribe." <laughs> <laughs> it's every day, bro. <laughs> no, see, okay, I'm gonna get a little. So I want to ask Markeith. So is Nate banned from the community, or is he? Is he still? Is he still there? Actually, a funny thing is, I was gonna get into that um, when I said shit was gonna get a little <laughs> racial, um, because usually when I see fights like these, um, you know, like Nate versus Jake or Connor versus Floyd Mayweather, I simply just that's that's straight up a race war. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, Magic nah, Johnson you, versus Larry Bird. It's how they exactly. get us. No, it's how, how they get us. It's a race war right there. Like, yo, you have like these two. Okay, at least with Nate and Jake, he's not really talented, but like, you know, these people are like very famous. It's being promoted worldwide to like mm-hmm. almost everyone. And it's like, yo, this is this is basically a race war right now. I don't make the rules. This is what it is, it is. Okay, black versus white. And unfortunately and the white blonde dude with blue eyes wins. Fucking again. won. <laughs> he fucking won. And that shit disappointed the shit out of me. We were having uh so far, at least in my mind, a good streak. You know, Magic has five rings, Floyd won. Do some bullshit if you ask me. But um, what's it called? <laughs> But regardless, so fucking he got knocked out too. That's what pissed me off even yeah. more. Yo, that was that was so fucking brutal. <laughs> the memes that came out of that. Someone put a uh, um a dead body found from Among Us <laughs> little thing right from him. It's so like, uh. and that was the thing too. Man was not even defending himself. He was he wanted to get punched. My dude was a fucking masochist. Yeah, he loved the I, pain. I mean, like from the little clips that I've seen, his defense was not. It's like it's like I think did I maybe I said this metaphor to you, Marquise? But mm-hmm. it's like it's like in fighting games when like when you start first start playing fighting games, all you want to do is attack <laughs> and you never defend, never shield, never nothing. That's essentially what Nate did. Oh, that's yeah, that's any strategy blocked. game I've ever played ever. It could be Call of Duty. It could be a medieval turn-based, you know, fantasy game. I am all about the attack, and I don't do dick right. all about defense. Yes, this man <laughs> did not block. He did not press R1. He did not do any of that shit. And the, now we got to hit F again. in the chat. He did not even parry, bro. <laughs> exactly. So to answer your question, Jack, it's kind it's questionable um because in in a way that'll kind of make us hypocrites in a way um but right i would just say that he's he's on probation um he's on probation from I, the community i'm not the spokesperson well, wait, I, for black people but if i had to say in it he'd be on probation is he an actual boxer i know nothing about no he is not an actual boxer that was his first night in the ring that was yeah his he's first a time oh, ever. nba player right he is an nba or was an nba okay. player um he retired and surprisingly enough there was that one time where he wanted to try out for the seattle seahawks wait my, correction he did try out for the seattle seahawks they did not take him um <laughs> but <laughs> so he tried to go nice. from NBA to NFL and now he's now he tried boxing and boxing did not work out for him. Um especially when he get knocked out by a YouTuber. I want to yeah. see more athletes try other sports. Honestly, I'm, I'm well Shaq tried baseball in the 90s and then that was Mem J. Uh, yeah, Michael <laughs> Jordan used, did uh, uh Space Jam. League. 
<laughs> you that, that, space jammed to fucking get back into basketball. <laughs> just, just one point. That that. Hey, yeah, are you excited for Space Jam Two? Because I'm excited for Space Jam Two. I will. Whenever it comes out, I will see it in theaters. I will. I'm as excited a, for Lola as, Bunny. As a Lakers fan myself, um, I will say to LeBron: If he is trying out for Space Jam, he needs to do the same routine behind the scenes as um, as MJ did for Space Jam. If you guys aren't right. familiar with it, here's a little basketball um, fun facts. When Michael Jordan was preparing for Space Jam, this was around the time when he just got back into the NBA, and he preparing noticed for that, the role of a lifetime. And no, so he knows like he wasn't like back to his um, true self because he got kicked out of the playoffs. So he decided that every time behind the scenes, um, when they weren't shooting for Space Jam, he would grab all of the NBA All Stars of that time, and they would just play pickup games. So and that's was and that's how he got back into shape for the next season, which that was his seventy two ten bowl season. So a little mm-hmm. fun fact for you guys over there. I'm I'm really interested in basketball, but what I really want to point out in Space Jam is I think furries started getting their rise when they saw Lola Bunny. I think Lola Bunny is the caveat for for what we see today as the furry community. I would read that that thesis paper. <laughs> if I read the abstract of that, I would I would continue reading the rest of the paper. Bro, that, that's <laughs> Thank a, you. That's my hook. That's my hook right there. Lola Bunny is responsible paper. for the for the furries. Any furries. communication students that are about to write a thesis paper or that need ideas for a thesis research methods paper, feel free to take this idea. We won't need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lola you Bunny know, you... and why furries exist. <laughs> and why furries exist. And why they should be. And what can LeBron James do about it? (laughs) (laughs) What can LeBron James do? (laughs) He fucking Space Jam 2 opens up with Lola Bunny in a dark room, just like, what's happening? All you hear is a basketball dribble. I'm excited. I think May of next year it's coming out. They shot it. They filmed it before the COVID happened. COVID. And it should be fun. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. I think in in promotion of that, they actually re... I don't know if... This is the correct terminology, but re-released a website back from the '90s, like the original Space Jam's website. Really? Do you, do you know what it is? Is that, is that I don't think that they re-released it. Is that it? Just they never took it down. So, it, but they never oh, updated really? it. Oh, <laughs> so it was just always up exactly as it was. So someone's been paying for that for like. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah. I bet it's just something that just it's on some account somewhere, and it's just like getting charged three dollars and twenty-five cents a year. And right. no one I notices. bet like the person who's in charge of that hadn't even noticed up until that point. They were like, "Oh shit, this is why this is one I'm paying three dollars." This for is what our shit. This is why all the numbers are wrong. This Bro, is this why <laughs> I can't buy a house. No this is why my has... wife doesn't love me. Whoa! <laughs> no one has. That's why my daughter account. doesn't hug me anymore. That's why I bought this sports car. <laughs> No one has updated this fucking website since the movie came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like something straight out of the nineties. It's it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> like I could probably make a better website. <laughs> but um, speaking of film, uh, you know, us all being kind of gathered up in the film major category and film. I mean, me and Mark Keith used to talk about films all the time. Mark Keith on the podcast. Mark. 
Whatever the fuck. Hey, you keep messing up, and I'm gonna keep uh, correcting you. That's what you sound like. Yeah. Man. Um. But Markeith and I. Um. How was that? Better. Yeah, it was better. Uh, it, it makes me feel a little bit better <laughs> safer <laughs> <laughs> um but like the podcast this podcast not that i don't love it but uh it kind of turned into a uh xbox live chat <laughs> at points but earlier on when it was just me and markeith we just talked about films we had just seen and stuff like that that's a little bit harder now because nothing's really out in the theater i actually uh went to go see elf with my girlfriend yesterday and that was the first time I stepped into the theater. Where were they all, playing Elf? Since COVID hit. Yeah, they were playing Elf at uh, AMC. Huh? And the tickets were like five bucks each. It was like, holy shit. Yeah, that checks like, out. God damn. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, it was fine. Like, there was no one in the theater. So, so she can, like, it was like space wasn't blow you right through the popcorn and no one's going to mind. <laughs> you don't even need the I hygiene. mentioned that. I even- was like, if no one's here, I'm going to just... Put the hole in the popcorn, and whatever happens, happens. It's a show for the person in the projection booth. <laughs> they deserve yeah, it. Exactly. They deserve it. He's just—he's watching while he's eating popcorn. <laughs> I think I, I'm a—I'm a big uh, apologist for peeping toms. <laughs> they're not hurting anybody, they're especially not. if they're not filming it. If they're not filming it or taking pictures, there's nothing yeah. wrong with having a it, telescope going out on the balcony. <laughs> like a pirate they have curtains they can close them that's their choice <laughs> they chose not to you have a you have a strong point right there right <laughs> i'm just i'm just here to defend american freedom <laughs> <laughs> that's what it all boils down to at the end of the day it's funny though i remember one of my classes i had to um watch a pod or watch listen to a podcast and the podcast story was about this this woman living in New York and she basically for like the past, I, I guess five months or so, she's just seen the life of her neighbors from across the street, never talked to them at all, but she just saw them through the open window because they never, they never had no fucking curtains. So whether like they were out naked having sex or they were just arguing or the husband dying of cancer, she saw it all. And wow. <laughs> Those are masturbated throughout every (laughs) phase of their life. Yeah, she was was there, and the people never knew about it. (laughs) It's kind of like, I mean, a peeping Tom in a way, like, it's a good thing. Like, like, I'm trying to bring it back to Vertigo. Like, (laughs) like, uh, what you would call it? Uh, Oh, come on. Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Like, he saw a murder. So, through a window. So, if anything, that justifies peeping toms. It's for safety. Um, yeah, exactly. We need there. to make mm-hmm. sure that we stay on top of our neighbors and make sure they're not up to no good. Exactly. Exactly. Right on top. This is why the government well, well, should well, have boy. a camera and a microphone in every household <laughs> in this country. <laughs> Only Dustin, though. Only Dustin gets to hear everything. You're like... um That's the trick. You're like fucking... Mark Morgan Freeman and uh you need to give it to Morgan Freeman from the dark Knight. That's who needs <laughs> it. And that's the point of that movie is like, let's do the surveillance, but let's give the job to the most docile, innocent, you know, malevolent, you know, human being that you can find. And then 
fucking Snowden ruined that. Thanks a lot, Snowden, you stupid bitch. <laughs> yes. The stupid bitch, Snowden. Snowden. Have you have you guys like see I haven't seen the movie. I just saw the trailer for it. It it looked so stupid when it came out. The Snowden movie with um uh what's his name? JGL. Joseph Gordon Levitt. JGL. I Yep, yep. I didn't see that movie. I see it on either Netflix or one of the streaming services and i have no desire to click on it i don't know i didn't hear enough good things i remember the trailer there was like you know action music is playing in the background and he like has this rubik's cube with like a microchip in it and he like throws it on the floor for like surveillance or something like first off that doesn't fucking exist (laughs) and second (laughs) off that's not what he did he was just a dude on a computer he's like holy shit look at all this shit that's going on and then he just leaked (laughs) he fucking tried to hack the fucking that was the Oliver Stone know. movie, right? Uh, I believe so. He doesn't make them like he did, you know, back in the platoon days. No, not at all. When he's making movies about his personal trauma, that's when I like Oliver Stone. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Divulge into what has hurt you the most, and that's the art I want to see. <laughs> exactly. Um. So speaking of filmmakers, what are, what are you guys just kind of – favorite filmmakers directors uh you know that kind of thing because you know again we's all into film so i'm actually curious to uh hear hear y'all takes uh dustin if you want to start us off yeah uh, you know when anyone asked me this question the first person to just always come to mind you know it based off it's mood a lot you know what mood am i in and that's the person who i'm gonna think is my favorite right now it's right. uh wes anderson is the first person who comes Yo, to mind. same here yes Yes. Um, he just he just he makes a good movie. It's very clear that everyone who is working on his films uh, are in love with the process of making a movie. Right. And when that is the mm-hmm. case, you can't make a bad movie. I'm all, I'm offended when bad movies happen because it's almost like it's it should be impossible to make a bad movie. Like you almost have to go out of your way to make a bad movie because as long as you follow the simple little steps and the simple little plans and you follow every little formula and if you're you could have no talent and make a movie that doesn't suck. So when movies suck, it's always because someone is doing it because it's their job. You got someone on set who's doing it for the wrong reasons. And that's where it comes from. Right, like uh like a Michael Bay Brian or something Singer. like that. Yep. You get people who are like, listen, man, this is just what we're doing. It's a paycheck. We're just making money. What sells? All that stuff. Uh, I like mm-hmm. artists who very much, they care. You know, and uh, Tarantino made a great decision, I think, with his latest film where yeah. I think that, you know, I bet that how that movie exists, any other director, no one could get away with that movie. A studio mm-hmm. would tell them to make different choices oh, yeah, they, you know make yeah, it an actual story it's, his, <laughs> it's just like less violent film you know what i mean mm-hmm. because tarantino i mean i don't want to put him in a category but like he's mostly known for his violence and his movies or stuff like that or like that's what the media perpetuates mm-hmm. and stuff like well, that, that um, violence like tarantino is... films are so violent isn't that great when like People kind of overlook, except for if you're a YouTuber and you do video essays, this is all you ever talk about is his uh, is his dialogue is just like fucking wah, fucking beautiful. Um, well, and, and, and I like once upon a time he, in Hollywood. He does like sh- really carries that. He doesn't shy away from that. Even that, you know, that image and stereotype of uh, 
being overtly violent. He embraces it head on and he exclaims mm-hmm. it's just because it's fun. It's fun. That's yeah. why my movies are fun, violent Janet. and bloody because it's fun and I make movies <laughs> for teenage boys. It's what I do. Yep. And it's what I wanted to watch when I was a kid. So now I make those movies. He makes exactly. movies for his teenage self. That's what he does basically. Yeah, and what he would want to see. And that's another example. So the same reason why I like Wes is the same reason why I love Quentin is that it's very clear. I mean, I'm sure every director and every artist will tell you that they love their work, but in terms of gathering a force of people behind you that are all in love with the work and they like your vision and everyone's on the same team, it's the best movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I especially like how both both directors that you mentioned, uh, Wes Anderson and um, Quentin Tarantino, kind of respect other forms of art. Like you have Kill Bill with uh, the anime sequence for the backstory oh to one of God, the characters. Yeah, that was fucking and like, great. you know, not a lot of filmmakers, especially Western, don't really see animation as a viable storytelling device. It's like, oh, that stuff's just for kids. That's like Pixar stuff. Whereas Tarantino's like, you know, I'm, you know, the influence for this movie is a lot of, you know, samurai type stuff and japan and chinese culture so i'm going to incorporate that into the film and that was really cool um also with wes anderson you know i think his best work so far i mean i love grand Budapest hotel fucking love that movie but i think his stop motion stuff has been my favorite of what he's done because stop motion kind of fits his style you know what i mean like it's very right. stilted very like everything kind of looks like something out of a dollhouse. So much so that he like, put stop motion in almost all of his later live action work. Instead yeah, of yeah, a which, standard CG set, he will just use stop mm-hmm. motion instead. And it's very clear that it is that he's not afraid to show something that is not, you know, so many movies try to show you, this is what this would look like if it were real. Like when you're watching adventures right. Endgame, it's very clearly a fantasy and a fiction, but the way that they show it on screen, they're trying to say, this is what it would look like if it were real. When mm-hmm. Wes Anderson and even some of the exaggerated ways that Quentin uses violence and blood is that it's these exaggerations aren't shying away from the fact that this is a movie. Like, and they're very aware. Hey, man, you're watching a movie. This is an art form, yep, yep. and you're you're not here. You're not watching a documentary. This isn't a lens into some reality. You're mm-hmm. watching a movie, so have a good time. Oh, the number one thing I hate the most in uh, recent years with uh, action movies and stuff is, number one, shaky cam. I just cannot stand shaky cam. Um, and number two, like when you'll see like action going on and like it'll start out like a wide angle and then all of a sudden the camera just zooms in really close to the action. It's like, no, I want to see everything that's happening. Kind of like a John Wick, like John Wick. There's nothing left in the imagination. Like you're seeing every single action taken, <laughs> whereas like, you know, action movies now, especially with Avengers and stuff like that. It's like everything is zoomed in super tight. Or, yeah, and that's and I think that's a lot annoying. of editing and effects mostly editing and camera work to make up for what could have been great blocking and good choreography uh what comes to mind is the michael bay movies where they have Mm -hmm. these big huge what should be big huge sets with giant monsters fighting each other and you should see all of the monsters fighting each other like that would be so impressive to look at but instead it's this very up close shaky janky you know and a lot of that uh, you know i'm you know i think comes from the obviously reality tv the the and also the influence of how everyone has a camera in their their pocket now 
So when you see a lot mm -hmm. of footage, a lot of footage that's amateur, like most video that a person will come across in their day that regular people are making is going to be handheld. So it, it's, a, it's a, a trend that I think is being fueled by our, what we're used to in society. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, out of the stop motion, I think Isla Dogs was my favorite out delightful. of Tarantino's. Although, so delightful. Fantastic Mr. Fox is really good. I fucking... They're, love. Computer, don't, don't... They're both so immensely fun. They're both uh, very enjoyable. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw Isla Dog. It came for the first week. It only showed in theaters in New York City. So I went to, yeah. and I really wanted to see it when it came out. I didn't want to wait. So I mm -hmm. took a trip down. I have a bunch of friends who live down there. So I always stay with people. Um, went and I saw it and I saw it in a theater and there were like six or eight kids or so who were all there. Like they were friends with their parents all together and listening to them, like enjoy the movie and, um, Hearing them laugh at the jokes that I don't think are, I mean, I'm an adult, so, you know, right. certain things aren't going to tickle me as much, but, you know, these kids are, you know, laughing hysterically and just nothing gives me just the biggest fucking erection that I just got to start jerking off in the back uh, of the theater. Uh, <laughs> I got, I got, I got to hold a red flag on you there because you put kids in erection in the same sentence and um, that's a. That's a that's, that's a, a flag. That's a flag on the play right there. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Dustin, you're fucking evil. <laughs> I like how we were like, all right, so like you know, if you say anything offensive, you know, just today, you were like, you were pretty cool, and then you just like escalated. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so. Away from kitty erections, um, Mark Keith, what are what are what are some of your favorite directors? Well, um, before I get into that, when we were going back to the Michael Bay thing, I was thinking in my head, so what if Christopher Nolan directed the Transformer movies? Because one thing I like about Christopher Nolan is he's a practical man. He doesn't like um, effects, special effects mm -hmm. that much. So I'm like, how the fuck would he <laughs> manage? Easy, to easy. He would build huh? Optimus Suit Prime, Nation, bro. Sunation. Sunation. Go go Godzilla. Go Godzilla. Just man in a rubber suit. Just fucking have at it. Oh, I don't no, know what I, it is. I don't know. I, I don't I, know what it is, but I love Godzilla movies. And I'm talking Showa era and fucking Heisei era, where it's just a dude in a costume costume, another dude in a costume, just fucking duking it out. I don't know why it's so goddamn entertaining, but I don't know. But I feel like with Christopher Nolan though, he, he would <laughs> He'll be given like the fucking billion dollar budget or so, and he'll be like, I want full ass Gundam suits tearing down <laughs> through fucking uh, California. Get Japan in here. I want a full motion fucking Gundam on my desk by Tuesday. That shit better turn into a fucking car in 2.5 milliseconds. I, <laughs> like, I don't know why my uh, Christopher Nolan is J. Jonah Jameson, but he is. <laughs> But speaking of directors, though, yeah, so he popped up. Wes Anderson, um, as you mentioned before, he's one of my... Yeah, so basically my my top two favorites are Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino. Um, I really do admire Christopher Nolan's work as well. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, his shit for the Dark Knight um, and the Batman trilogy, as well as um, Inception and so forth. Um, yeah, I... 
did not see his new film, which I wanted to. Tenant, yes. I wanted to. And I got a bunch of negative press on it, which was weird. I heard that one of the biggest problems was that the dialogue came in very muffled and low and hard to hear, which is this is not the first movie that he's released where that has been a criticism. Um, Mm -hmm. With The Dark Knight Rises, it happened with Bane's, all of Bane's dialogue they (laughs) re-recorded. Because they they showed uh, the airplane scene in theaters before I forgot what movie, but they sampled the airplane scene as like a trailer before the film, and everyone mm-hmm. complained that they couldn't hear Bane Bane's dialogue because it was too muffled and too uh, it wasn't articulate <laughs> enough. So I was kind of right. hoping that something like that would happen, and there'd be news that like oh they re edited the dialogue like that sounds like you know for me that sounds like an eq problem and and a levels problem Mm -hmm. that sounds Mm -hmm. like 15 minutes of work to fix that problem uh but i don't know hey i'm not the artist you know right i don't know what his intentions were no keep it in keep it in i don't even know if he's british he's british (laughs) i think yeah he's 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 fucking british um but yeah i mean my i mean kind of same i mean every college kid's you know, favorite directors are usually, um, you know, Tarantino, stuff like that. Uh, big Kubrick fan. Love Kubrick. Uh, <laughs> I have to, I have a funny story, actually. Markeith knows it, but my girlfriend took a online course um, at our college about like film and stuff like that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like looking at, you know, cultural films or whatever. And she had to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. She's like, it looks so boring. I'm like, don't worry. I'll be there, you know. Yeah, because I, I had already seen it. And, like, I wanted to see your reaction to the first five minutes because as, you know, people who've seen the movie know, it's five minutes of just music and just a black screen. And then she's, she's looking at me confused, like, is the computer broken or something? I'm like, <laughs> nope. Nope, your imagination <laughs> she, is, bitch. oh my god but i was just like yeah you know because it's the beginning of time and stuff and like my girlfriend is very much into like you know she she's a i would call her a popcorn movie watcher she likes you know the avengers movie she likes you know the i i would say not trying to be mean but the generic stuff you know like, I tried showing her Hereditary, and one, she was terrified, but two, she was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but, like, she was like, oh, God. And then when the monkeys came in, she's like, what, what is happening? And I'm like, it's the discovery of man and the monolith and yada, 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 like, trying to explain it to her. And the ending, just she was just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> And it's like, it's meant to interpretate. You're meant to interpretate what's happening. She's like, I don't have the answers. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's just trying to explain everything. It's like, kind of like, well, not even explain, because Kubrick films are very much left to interpretation, at least most of them. Even The Shining. Like, The Shining is like, way off the book. Like, super off the, like, Stephen King is notorious for hating that film just because like it's not based on source material but let's be honest it's better than the source material um <laughs> but, i think uh, that that's I, fair i think that's very two fair. two up-and-coming directors which i really like is as i mentioned before hereditary uh ari esther is really oh, really yeah. good oh yeah midsummer fucked me up midsummer so which which 
What are your favorites? There's Hereditarian, um, whatchamacallit, um, Midsummer. Those are his two. I thought Hereditary was scarier, but Midsummer was more shocking, in my opinion. I only have uh, seen Midsummer. However, I've been told Hereditary is uh, is quite terrifying. The film. Yeah. Like, it's he's he just pays so much attention to detail, and he's like Hereditary was his first feature film, and he knocked it right out of the park. And Midsummer also really really good, especially the psychedelic drugs parts. It was just like, yeah, that's that's that's. I, I felt actually, <laughs> I watched it with some friends of mine, close friends of mine, who have never done psychedelic drugs, but they know me as being a common practitioner of them, <laughs> a and I connoisseur, if you will, uh, yeah, I um. Somalier of the psychedelia, I was able mm -hmm. to tell them that this is actually not a totally unfounded representation of the experience. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. And then another one, another director who I really liked, which I cannot pronounce his last name, but Dennis Viel... Viel oh, the guy who uh, he just did the remake of Dune that's coming out, right? Yes, yeah, yes he, which I am so excited for. He works with uh, Deacons a lot, doesn't he? Yep, yep, yep. He works with Deacons uh, a ton. Um, he made Blade... Well, this is the first movie I saw from it. Blade Runner uh, 2049. Oh, which was that, a beautiful movie. Oh, my God. Just beautifully shot, like... Did you see that one in theaters? Because if you didn't, you missed out. I did. Yeah, no. I anyone did. who I did. didn't, I had a but I didn't even see the first Blade Runner. But I had a buddy tell me like it doesn't matter. You could watch this movie. Yeah, no, it, it really does silently and not know what's going on. But it'll be worth it just to look at it. And it was. And it's honestly, it's like, like Blade Runner isn't one of my favorite movies, but like it's up there for like science fiction movies. Mm -hmm. Blade Runner 4, 2049 just knocks that shit right out of the park. It's it, it's not even comparable. It's it's almost a disservice to compare the two. And, you, and, um, you don't and I love Ridley Scott. You, know, you don't get I that love too often with 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 uh, with, with uh, sequels, where the sequel will triumph over the original in terms of uh, just in every way. Yeah, like because I'm a big uh, Alien fan. Mm -hmm. um, I like. Alien and Aliens. Really, Scott's Alien is my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. But even then, there's still debate like, oh, which one do you like better? Like Aliens or Alien? Or same thing with Star Wars. Which one you like? New Hope or uh, Empire Strikes Back? But like with Blade Runner for me, it's not even a fucking competition. You know what's so funny <laughs> is that Aliens is directed by James Cameron and is considered yep. by some to be the better than the first one. And I didn't, the, ex disagree. didn't the exact same thing happen with... Uh, uh, Terminator Two Judgment Day. Yep, yep, the exact same thing. I don't know um, how the I don't I I thought I'd heard somewhere that some people think that it's better than the first one, but yeah, I don't know. yeah. that's the general I'm consensus saying. for uh, Terminator. But Terminator Two because Terminator, yeah, real good. Terminator is a much more action packed type thing, so that kind of fits. Whereas Alien, I like my Alien like horror where it's like you know nothing about the creature, it's just one Lovecraftian creature just going around, just wrecking shit, and it, and it's great. And then Alien Covenant happened, and we know where the Xenomorphs came from, and then I was like, Ridley, why are you breaking my heart? I love you. <laughs> my, <laughs> I mean, he filmed the, old, the whole thing in his um, retirement home, but, you know, it's fine. Like, I'll, I'll give Ridley uh, some slack on that. We'll give him but, a pass. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, so Ridley Scott is also, I, he's not, he's honestly not even one of my favorite directors. He just directed one of my favorite movies. <laughs> but I would say my top is definitely Kubrick. And uh, I didn't talk a lot about Tarantino, but Tarantino's also oh, really good. He, do you know what? Can I tell you? Uh, this mm-hmm. is how, you know, I, I thought Ridley Scott was the one who died. But that was his brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Tony. Uh, yep, Tony. <laughs> and he directed Crimson yeah. Tide. Do you guys know that movie, Crimson Tide? That's I, like one of, those forgotten, the, one of those forgotten 90s hits. You know, one of those forgotten 90s action flicks that it wasn't bad. It just wasn't remembered, you know? Uh, right. Gene right. Hackman is in it, Denzel Washington, and they're on a nuclear submarine, and there's a miscommunication going on about whether or not they've been ordered to nuke Russia. And, uh, you know, classic of that post, you know, Soviet era, Mm -hmm. Jerry Bruckheimer produced. You know how that goes. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, like... It just kind of sucks. I mean, I this is relevant because, you know, like everything that's going on with COVID and stuff. It's just, what do you guys feel about movie theaters? You think they're they're a done deal or you think there's they're, still time for them to survive? I mean, they're hanging by a thread. I mean, I'm sure their current owners might go broke. But, you know, once mm-hmm. this is all done, there will be people with capital. There's going to be a boom. And a lot of these places that went out of business will be re-inhabited with new life as unfortunate is you know you know damage isn't good you know it's the broken window fallacy you know a little boy's playing baseball in the street hits a ball too far breaks his neighbor's window but they tell him hey it's okay because if you didn't break the neighbor's window then the glassmaker wouldn't have a job it's a way to justify when accidents and mistakes happen that lead to destruction and that the idea is that there's a payoff because then someone gets a job well if you do the whole math out and you logic it out which i don't have the exact detail of how it works out in my head but the summation of it is that the it's it's not true you know it's it it is it is better if you did not break the window you know the glass maker will have something to do it's better that destruction doesn't happen either way there will be a boom from this so like your favorite restaurant that location there's going to be a new one uh did the local theater shut down well that building is there the equipment's in there there's going to be someone else who will open it and life will resume it sucks it totally sucks for the current business owners it sucks for the current employees but they'll they'll come back they'll be there they'll be around wow that was optimistic as all wise words (laughs) from you dustin thank you damn i'm gonna hit you in the face if my favorite movie theater goes out of business (laughs) (laughs) and they just burn it to the ground that's it they're done (laughs) but um so do you guys like the movie going experience or are you guys oh, yeah, more absolutely. like a, i just want to stream it type of thing because nah, a lot nah. of people um are you know i've asked around and uh, a lot of people really like streaming like yeah they, but then you're not in a room with a bunch of people and that's what is there's some there's the power of an audience like mm-hmm. when i'm at home watching like a comedy special i don't really laugh out loud too much like i'll sit there and fully yeah. digest that oh this is funny this is really funny, but I'm not laughing. But if I'm with even another person or let alone a room full of people, an audience, just something about it loosens you up, gets you laughing. Nothing beats. Yep. My favorite 
not to uh, not to ramble on through, but one of my favorite movie theater experiences would not have happened. I mean, I would I feel totally different about this movie because I saw it with people and I would have never felt this way if I just streamed it. The movie Get Out. You guys have seen the movie Get Out, I yes, take it. Right. Yes. Yep. So um I'll give it hey, a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Get Out, I'm gonna give you a jump ahead <laughs> like thirty seconds or a minute. You know, jump ahead thirty seconds or a minute. So mm-hmm. that's your that's your warning. So the end of the film, he's standing over that white bitch and we see <laughs> and we see the red and the blue lights and then we realize this is the true horror this is the real problem yeah. that we have mm-hmm. this is this yep. is going to go totally south we think that our hero is getting away and then we have this re- we thought that this weird horror situation was scary now there's some real world scary it's a black man in a compromising position and here's a police officer but then mm-hmm. It's the T.S. motherfucking A. It's his buddy who gets out of the car. And when his buddy gets out of the car, the entire theater cheered. People stood up. (laughs) People were clapping. I had never seen a reaction like that in a theater of just absolute relief. And it was, Mm -hmm. it's, you don't get a brilliant moment like that from a movie unless you're watching it with uh, 50 or 100 other people. Right. Now, yeah, I I completely agree. It's kind of like the whole, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I've criticized these films before, but, you know, like the Marvel movies and stuff like on opening day, it's like, you know, when is when spoiler alert for Endgame, uh, just skip ahead, like, what seriously, said, like 30 seconds, but uh, this is Endgame. I think everyone knows. I know. I know. But just just in case, um, you know, when Captain America gets uh, Thor's hammer, everyone in that theater was just like, what? Like. Everyone was going insane. Yeah, that was cool. That was um, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like if you just watch that home, you'd be like, "Nice." Yeah, you. It's like, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's great. But it's better. Yeah. It, it does something to you chemically mm-hmm. when you get to experience that almost tribal reaction. It's we're gathered around the fire, and the elder is telling a story. You know, we've been right. doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years just the venue has changed just a little bit but it's still a bunch of people they're going to be sitting down they're going to be all paying attention to one thing and then for a moment their consciousness are one you hope but i i think some people also have bad movie experiences like maybe frequently in their theater there's talking you know cell phone usage i think those people are racist i think those people who have (laughs) if if that is your complaint you're a racist because that makes movies better that makes movies better (laughs) i'm a racist the extra commentary is everything i want to well no i'm not saying the extra i'm saying like i'm saying if other people people don't like it and stuff like that yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, oh, I'd, oh, you know, oh, if it's about the here, movie, it's you, fine. You know what? Let me, you're let just me, having a, I'll support that, oh, that claim right there. I was in, I went to go see two movies back to back week after week. And each time someone in my row fell asleep and started snoring loudly. <laughs> so that sucked. That sucked ball. So like, Hey, I'm actually, I'm very, I get that. You know, sometimes it can suck. You know, I yeah. will say um, that happened to me. But funny enough, I, I laugh at it now because of the movie. Um, I was watching Captain Marvel and I don't oh, know why. I don't yeah. know why. I, I guess it was like I, I was a Marvel boy back then. And I was just kind of like, yo, why is this fucking little kid sleeping through the movie right now? I'm trying to understand how she's going to be connected to the other movies. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to do anything about it because, 
Well, granted, he, he <laughs> sock that kid in the fucking face. Yo, wait no, the, the fuck, fuck up! Doing it. This is Brie Larson, man. It's sexist if you don't look. <laughs> you're not allowed to blink. If you blink, you're a sexist fucking pig. I didn't have to do anything because the fucking 50-year-old man, like, across from me, literally got off his seat, fucking shook this nigga like a baby, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, yo, bro, chill out, man. It's, it's just Brie yeah. Larson. Like, <laughs> I'll shake a baby for Brie Larson. Whoa. I mean. She'll probably be satisfied with it, knowing you love her that much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus fuck. Um. Getting away from that blank toast movie. Um, <laughs> God damn. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but oh, 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 how about this? Um, like, what are your guys' favorite kind of um, kind of uh, uh, whatchamacallit, like uh, genres of movies? Because I go back and forth. I flip flop. I don't really have one in particular that I'm an exclusive fan of, but um, but I would say if I had to pick one, it'd be horror is my personal favorite. Um, just because, you know, you could do so much with it. You can have your like cheesy horror, just like Friday the 13th, just like like your Marvel movie type, just all fun and games. You know, you're just in it for the gore. It's great. And all. And then you have your artsy fartsies like um, the witch, like hereditary or maybe not artsy fartsy, but like, you know, like well directed, actually, you know, have you seen have you seen the witch type. Yes. yes. Oh, dude. Yes. Talk about Holy crap. a horror movie made so beautifully. And with that girl who's in the Queen's Gambit now, I, I regret yep. that I don't yep. know her name, but she is the lead in that film. And holy God, is that a great movie? Mm-hmm. If you hate horror movies, you'll still like that movie. <laughs> that was I, actually my first date ever was uh, was <laughs> was going to see that movie. And the girl who powerful. I was with at the time hated it, but I fucking loved it well that's how you know she's not the one exactly i should have known i wasted two years bro two years <laughs> <laughs> two years down the fucking train i love she didn't like isle of dogs either oh, i should have garbage. Oh, no, you should have ended signs. it right there you yeah what yeah exactly just stop what? dating women in general after that <laughs> just stop dating gay, women. Bro. i just want to date my homies bro yo it's not that bad really <laughs> I just can't get past the sucking dick part. Like that's the only. Some would reckon just... that's the best part. Yo, honestly, <laughs> just think of it like you're sucking a popsicle. Um, well, I want to get off the subject. <laughs> that means he thought about it. That means this uncomfortability oh. is his uh, lack of acceptance. Whoa, whoa! I I wouldn't. Say I, that. I think I think what you need to do right now is your girlfriend needs to get the strap and. Um, no. You need a trainer cock. You need to start on something plastic. Right, right. Get used to the motions and the jaw stretch before you move to the real thing. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. Christ. We don't want to give anyone a bad day. Did we end up here? Why does every podcast end up me getting fucked or in some way? All right. I guess in this case, pegged. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. You're opposed to that. I take it. Anyway, I'm very I'm opposed to anything. Let's say your girlfriend tells you she's like, I need to do this to you. Like the (laughs) only way that I will feel any sense of satisfaction or equality or balance or pleasure in our relationship. (laughs) If if you let me strap up and peg you, she needs this. Do you you do it? 
No. All right. That's your choice. That's I your just, life. It's your divorce. It's your I divorce. I just want to point now. It's my divorce. I have kids just like t- like 25 years just in bliss with marriage. No arguments. No nothing. And then one day she asked me, can I peck you? I say no. She takes the kids. She takes the house. I'm living in a fucking apartment all because I want to take it up the ass. He won't let me get in that scrum. And if, he yeah. just, if he just let me in Listen, that scrum, we'd have a whole happy family. I'll, I'll be the first scrum. I'm a stubborn oh my man. God. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to compromise in in that certain scenario. I'm just looking out for you because I just don't want you to feel like you're missing out on anything. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah, I appreciate. It. You know, I'll, 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 I'll think it over. I'll think because it over. one day um, you will die. Like you will be a dead. <laughs> like you will be. If it's for a couple I mean, minutes or for for days, at one point you will realize that my life will end soon. And if only, <laughs> if only. I explored this version of myself, and now I never can. Oh man, this is, this is I didn't know we were going on a fucking psychiatrist fucking podcast. Jesus Yo, Christ, Jack, I'm gonna be real with you. If Dad doesn't make you want to try suck dick, I don't know what else will. Like, I, I, well, I don't. But thank you for trying to. Yo, I, I got don't worry. The seed, the seed has been planted. Me? I don't. <laughs> the seed has been planted. That's all that needs to. It, he doesn't need to uh, agree to it now. But the fact that don't use the word seed. Oh, it's a seed and it's a deep. Yo, shit! I gotta text some people after this fucking podcast, man. God damn! Like, <laughs> try to convince all your straight friends. To go. <laughs> <laughs> just try it, man. Just try. Just it. Believe me, no, no, no. I just don't want you to feel like you're missing out on life. I, I think I'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> But thank thank you for try, trying. Oh my god. Um, yeah, horror is my favorite movie genre. What about your guys? I mean, Dustin probably is gay porn, but that 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 can that can Actually, bring some enjoyment. No, I wanted I wanted to talk about this. Okay, Dustin, yes. this is an important question. This is a very important question. Okay. All right. What? Is the fascination with stepbrother and stepsister porn? Where, oh, how, how did how did it start? Where I can tell where you, did it all begin, Dustin? You you're you're asking the perfect person because I <laughs> dedicated. I a knew lot. I would because I come at this with understanding. People come at it with this grossness and this hesitation, and then it they mm-hmm. and then from there you can't reach acceptance. Here's the thing: mm-hmm. no one, not a single human being alive, watches those <laughs> move watches those video clips and thinks these two are actually step siblings and I right. actually want to do that with any step sibling of myself or others. I don't think anyone's thinking that what is going on in those fantasies is that when you say that one character and the other are step something, they're not actually related. So it's, you know, so it's more acceptable for so the brain. Okay. But then even <laughs> then you, you hear the people who they, they do simulate full like family uh, stuff. What it is is that you've set up in the viewer's mind that these two people have a connection. You know, a lot of it's a misconception that people watch porn entirely for the visual physical stimulation, but that's not true. More men than most people would anticipate watch porn to try to simulate somewhat of the emotional experience of having sex. So part of Yo, that facts. I mean, is um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you need to establish a characterization between these you need to establish a relationship between these two characters that we can learn about and process and understand in a short period of time you know we're not watching a whole movie about two friends 
who have this sexual tension and then they finally hook up and that's great. No one has that kind of mm-hmm. time. But if we watch it and we see step bro, step sis, we already know this backstory in our head that we've come up with that they know each other they're close but there's a forbiddenness to it i mean forbiddenness always gets people going that's why people enjoy just look at professors uh, students bosses uh, employees you know it establishes a there's a taboo there's a relationship there's a connection so there's a naughtiness it's a perfect it's a perfect cocktail of what a person would want to get off in a matter of efficiency that, when it comes to porn yo, this nigga fell apart a little at the end there, that's, that yeah <laughs> that was a realer answer than i i thought you were just gonna say some meme shit like oh what do you mean step bro but not no nope. yo <laughs> this nigga spitting this is <laughs> some facts <laughs> all right all right let me let me throw you a curveball here Dustin. okay oh my god of course he is what about the stuck fetish uh the, st- the oh oh step uh-huh. bro i'm stuck underneath my bed is there some deep psychological uh element to that or is that it- uh, you can do you this person is able to enact on any of their desires without resistance and i know that that sounds awful like on the surface it sounds like rape it's what it sounds like mm-hmm. i know but there is, i mean there's and that sort of comes to the appeal of bondage a little bit is the you got to think that when a person is attracted to somebody in life or in public or in a social situation like you or even there's oftentimes you have to restrain yourself like that's what people you like you feel an attraction you feel an urge and you you know you restrain it you hold it back you know you uh you Mm -hmm. don't act on it so essentially what these fantasies show are people who are able to act on it uh you know, you wouldn't Fuck, actually, man. you wouldn't actually start having sex with someone because they got stuck fixing the pipe of their sink, but you wouldn't. But there's a part of you mm-hmm. that maybe looks and you see them bent over and you, there's a, a traction bulb that goes off, but you wouldn't. Like a animalistic type of. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. Oh. You're like, oh, like their shirts riding up in just the right way. You see their lower back, their buttocks is curved against their pants, blah, 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 you know, and then it's just a. If it go anywhere from a passing thought to a, to a consideration, but then it's nothing that you would obviously no decent person would act on. But in these fantasies of the stuck fetish, it's someone acting out on a, on a forbidden impulse. God damn, Dustin, bro. Academy award. Let's just fucking. (laughs) Yeah. I think we need to take um, five right now. Like, uh, I just want (laughs) to, I just want to say, um, you're teaching my child sex ed. Yeah. You know, because (laughs) it really should be taught in a way that is, you know, not serious, not shameful, not like, and not even in a dismissive humorous way, but in an accepting humorous way. I feel like, especially with like, um, with like yester, yester generation, I don't know if that's even right. The last generation, like um, our parents' generation, like, Gen you know, porn and stuff or? was kind of, you know, not okay. Like, and especially because, you know, uh, future generations, like our generations, aren't really into religion and stuff. So there's no caveat of like, oh, if you do this, you're sinning. Like, uh, I'm an atheist myself, and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. I don't need like a fucking book to tell no me. No ominous do. figure um, to always be watching. Right. You. To like watch me, which if. God's watching. He that's probably his favorite shit. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but truth. 
But like, it's like, you know, when I got busted when I was a kid and, you know, my parents would shame me for it. And like that, that's kind yeah, of fucked up busted. in a way. Yeah, that will fuck you up more. Oh, yeah. I got busted several times. I was, I was sloppy. I am so sorry. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was the worst. Um, and it, it makes you feel bad. But at the same time, you, as a young teenage boy, especially, and, you know, it goes for teenage girls too, but with teenage boys as well, like they're just, they're horny and they don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wonder if so much pent up aggression. Yeah. A be- I think a better tactic, and it's much more awkward, is, is to make sure that they're, you know, it's not getting them to not consume, you know, in pornography, but to get them to consume mm-hmm. the right stuff, you know, nothing too yeah. terrible. Well, also, too, it's to, you know, I've always had the idea of, you know, when eventually I have kids and stuff, just sit them down and be like, all right. Porn is a fantasy. It's not real. You know, your your stepsister isn't going to get stuck. <laughs> that's just, that's not going to happen. I mean, maybe, but not going to happen. So, like, a lot of it, like, porn is just there to get your animal instincts out and just get it out. But just know, like, the stuff that happens in porno does not happen in real life. You know, once you find a girl and you love her, you know, you respect her, respect her boundaries and stuff like that. Don't do any of the shit in porn or, you know, don't make it seem like rapey. Just, just try to make them understand that that's all just pretty much a fantasy. Let her bring it up. If she wants you to bend her over her neck, over the end of the bed and you ram barrel (laughs) down her throat, that's fine. If that's what she needs, if that's what she needs, but not every girl needs that in her mouth. Just some (laughs) do just so she can feel the energy, (laughs) but not every girl. But there definitely are some who need it. But that's not every girl, they're, and it's probably not going to be the girl that you meet. But out there, it, there there's going to be a yep. lady who needs that. Yep, needs it. And if if someone asks you to choke them out, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Those are communicate the about ones. these things. Yeah. Um, Wilbur had an excellent uh, sketch on that, or. Um, bit on that where he's like he never understood why uh girls wanted to get choked because he's like what am i gonna do when the police show up like yeah she told me to choke up like oh why are you arresting me (laughs) 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 with the dead body on the floor is like she told me to do it i don't i don't know (laughs) you gotta squeeze from the sides it's not about downward pressure it's squeezing lightly from the sides and then you're not closing their right Dustin, are you sure you're in the right field? Are you sure you want to do media productions? Because I think you would make a great. It is media song. production if you think about it. It gets you. It, it really gets you is. in the door. What was that? It gets you in the door. It gets yeah, you yeah. In the door. But do you know what's you know? And it's a part of the shameful thing about you know. As long as and, you don't get stuck and all this door, stuff is that you, know? you they don't let you do anything else. Like if you work in that field, other you mm-hmm. get blackballed by the rest of the industry. I don't know how much that is as true now because i know life is really different in the past even five years when it comes to all that stuff but i know that you know getting out of high school i was always pretty much it was the word around the street was you you work in porn and then that's all you're allowed to do and and you're stuck Mm -hmm. and and they and you just won't get hired anywhere else you won't be taken seriously yeah i mean like which is i I think hey a shame you know because yeah you know there's art work you know there's talent, there's it, value, there is uh, aesthetic, there's care, mm-hmm. and there's money. Yeah, there's still money. It's not like mafia stuff back in the day when it was literally just like, 
someone railing on someone's wife. Yeah, no, and <laughs> and also like the mainstream porn industry, they don't just they don't the same with the regular movie industry. They don't get away with mm-hmm. the same things that they did uh even a couple years ago when it comes to abuse and terrible working conditions. Um it has gotten better. And there's more power in the porn stars themselves than the studios that produce the material because more of it can be produced mm-hmm. and created uh, on their own and much cheaper and better because yeah. there it's it, you know it all comes back to that connection and that realness. There's a reason why amateur pornography is almost probably you know I, I don't want to speak out it's of turn. Better, honestly, it's definitely better. I don't want to speak out of turn if it gets more views and it's more popular, but it definitely holds a big share because it feels mm-hmm. a little more genuine. And therefore, it invokes more of that emotional stimulation that people still want along with their visual, physical, sexual stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I'm going to say this right now. Whoever was the director of photography for Drive needs to make a porno real quick in a car. (laughs) And that will just break barriers right there. Yeah, that would that would break the barrier. Like, ha- like, have him be the DP. Have someone like, oh, I, I don't know, maybe uh, Martin Scorsese. Mar- have Martin Scorsese direct a porno, and that will it's break just Baskin the- Red for danger. It's like, what's happening? <laughs> it's all red light, and then you just see Ray, Ray Liotta come out of nowhere, start beating the shit out of the dude. And then- <laughs> yeah, the dude happens to be Joe Pesci. <laughs> I'd buy a ticket. I'd buy a ticket. <laughs> I would, I would most definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, porn. <laughs> it's it's what it's there for. Woo! <laughs> it it exists. Um, but I, I actually I want to c- kind of touch on um, with you, Dustin. Um, how do you how do your oh, fuck me then? Well, I mean, it, it goes for all of us, but like I I especially have trouble with this is. Number one, sitting down to script, right? And number two, making that into a product. So I'll sometimes start a script and occasionally I'll finish one. But getting it off the ground is a little tough. Um, so like what what kind of what do you do to kind of be like, all right, this is where I'm going to start and this is how I'm going to get the product kind of thing. I can I can say that so far when it comes to the short sketches that I make, the short films that I've done, pretty much the rule has been if I finish the script, I make it. Uh, Because there's no reason not to. Uh, You know, I spend so much time uh, not coming up with stuff that any time that I finally do bring something to completion, it it can be done. And also, I never... And then this holds me back in a way because I don't write as much because I always stop myself whenever I get to a point where I realize I can't do this. So mm-hmm. it's never necessarily that I stop coming up with an idea and I stop a project and I stop writing something. I get unmotivated by the inability to complete it. So I'm not sitting here writing a big blockbuster because I don't see it realistically ever happening. Now, I know that every script writer, you know, obviously starts with writing a bunch of scripts that don't get made in anything like that. But, you know, I'm not making big films. I'm making short films, tiny sketches that. So when I finish them, it means that I believed in the ability of myself to finish it and to make it. And that's why it was able to uh, get done. If I can't, 
if I know I can't finish it for lack of a cast availability, lack of technical availability, lack of pick your favorite thing. If I know that I can't do mm -hmm. it, I won't finish it. But if I finish it, it gets made. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because I know me and Markeith have had ideas, but we just kind of fall off them and such. Like, um, I'll just say one right now that me and Markeith worked on. We kind of wanted to make a mixture of um, The Daily Show and The Eric Andre Show. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, where there's this whole backstory of these two disgraced news anchors and basically they fund their own like news channel or news show or whatever and uh they're just simply called left and right and it's supposed to be like really on the nose just like mark keith would just be the complete leftist i would just be the complete right and then like but the whole thing is like um they're actually stuck in hell like they died and are stuck in hell and this is their hell having to co coexist with each other and stuff like that and the camera crew and like the producer keep them in the newsroom like they're constantly trying to escape but they can't because um they're in hell because they're in hell they're in hell because <laughs> they're in hell so but it's just like kind of like how do you get that off and how do you make it look professional um you know what yeah I mean? so that would be that so you know if i were making that what i'm doing is when i'm thinking about it, i'm sitting and thinking do i have the location to film it the uh mm -hmm. the the equipment i mean you have a camera and a microphone these this day and age you can just have an iphone and you can get away with murder so do you have the right. location do you have the people to do it do you have the you realistically have the hands to do the project that you need to mm -hmm. so you could probably do a thing where it's two anchors and maybe you know their off-screen producer who is the demon who interfaces with them and that's how they find you know whatever it ends up being um <laughs> that's actually funny the uh producer his name is Eagle Lord. Oh, and that's he's fun. just a man with a with a eagle like um, mask or whatever just over him, and he just watches them. He's like the intense like Beelzebub is mm -hmm. his actual secret name or whatever, and he's just like watching over them, making sure they're doing everything correctly and stuff. With um, with the um, with the <laughs> tools and access that we have at our level, you know, of of mm -hmm. filmmaking. The biggest thing I would think of is how do I make this? I, you know, the, a thing I heard one time, and I wish I remember who I heard say it, but you, the, a great thing to do is to take adversary and then turn that into art. So, like, if you know that locate, like, if you can nail one location that's like the new set and find a way mm -hmm. to reveal that these characters are in hell, but you don't have to leave that new set, like, that would be something that I would do thinking about how would I realistically make this with what I have access to or something of that nature. Right. And because it all, for me, and again, this is, I would probably tell people this is a bad way to think about it, but I, mm -hmm. I always will think, how would I do this? Can it be done? And then if I can think of a solution that I'm satisfied with, I'll continue writing. Okay. But then if yeah, I can't, that's some pretty uh, good thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I feel like it's just yeah. a little more pragmatic. I mean, in terms of my, I kind of uh -huh. right, right. Sorry, keep going. Uh, because I, because for me, I feel like it takes so much out of me to sit and write something and to care about it and to want it to happen. That when it doesn't, it's almost too heartbreaking for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe that's something I need to work on. I have. Mm -hmm the same feeling when it comes to when I make music because I, I've been in this 
uh, phase for a while now where I can easily just make, uh, I, I can easily make the instrumental. I can uh, just do the guitar, drums. I can do all that with no, with no worrisome whatsoever. My biggest issue though is the lyrics. It's like whenever, when I want to write a song or like, like write a song rap or whatsoever, I, I always like, it, it has to be, immaculate like every word has to be great every sentence every line like it, it all has to mean something in a way um and whenever i try to reach for that perfectionism a lot then i just end up like just um, discarding it because i'm just like shit it's not perfect yep same with me script writing just like i'll be like oh this story's awesome or whatever but then like a couple pieces of dialogue won't be to like you know, my preferred standard. And then like, I'll just like try to rewrite it, rewrite it. And then I'll just be like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, is that barrier? Am I giving myself that barrier of entry to make sure that I don't make anything bad? And, and mm -hmm. it, does that have a value? Sure. Am I in trying to ensue that what I make satisfies myself? Absolutely. Am I also though, denying myself the practice of making something not good? You know, because there is a value of making something and completing it. Uh, or is it, you know, is it bad practice? Is it like running with bad form? You know, I don't know. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, probably too much time thinking about it. Um, but I know that at the end of the day, as long as you're doing some, if it, if this was a net result zero and I never did anything and I never made anything and never wrote and created nothing, then I would be in a trouble spot. But since I have some output that I still do, um, I'll still spend some time thinking about what exactly is the right way to, to do it all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's insightful. That's, that's a good, that's a good, cause you know, writer's block and everything, you know, it's, it's a real problem for creative types. Um, and yeah, like even YouTube video ideas, like I've scrapped so many goddamn videos just because like. I didn't like how my fucking hair looked <laughs> and shit like that. Oh, so. dude, that will get me to not like if I if I like so I won't film for like a month if I like shaved my beard and I messed up on mm -hmm. it or something. If I don't want to sit there and look at myself like while I'm editing it. Um, yeah, that'll discourage me. So I, I I'm vain. I won't. Yeah, I think that, that that's required. That's a part of the process, though. I think to get the best work is there needs to be. Yeah, a and it's important to admit that you're just vanity, like. Though. Like you gotta, you gotta like look in yourself like, oh shit, like that's, you know, like you have to admit that like, you're like, shit, I actually do care about how I look in this video or how I sound and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's the trouble with filmmaking. It's just, I, I feel like the creative types are very self-conscious about themselves and, you know, just want to make sure everything's perfect. But sometimes, you know, just gotta go with the flow. Gotta go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. The show must well, go on. What was that? The show must go on. The show must go on. But this show, I think, has come to a oh, pretty smooth. good closer. Smooth. Smooth oh, as fuck. That was delicious. <laughs> I fucking murdered that. All right. I'm All right. satisfied. <laughs> well, calm down to OJ. Good end. Oh, OJ. <laughs> um, but yeah, this has been the Sheep and Friends podcast. Thank you so much, Justin. Justin, Ugh. Dustin. I'll tell Justin for, that you guys uh, appreciated. See, his. I fucked it up. I had a great <laughs> fucking transition, and I fucked it. Um, 
Dustin, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, you being here and stuff. Uh, usually, this is the point of the podcast where we plug in our shit. So if you want to plug in anything that uh, you're doing, either up and coming or stuff that you've already posted, uh, feel free to do that uh, now. You know, I'd say the main way to get at me is uh, at Dusmar, D-U-S-M-A-R. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is where the party's at, though. That's where I post mm-hmm. my short sketches, the short films, all the fun stuff. Um, I'm going to be working on a short film coming up in a couple months. That's going to be my senior thesis project that I'm going to be posting regularly about um, on that Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. So at Dusmar, D-U-S-M-A-R, that's how you can find me if you're ever interested in hearing from me ever again. Awesome. <laughs> very, very well put. And Marquise, uh, you can plug in your shit. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the Instagram because Sinister Sheepman Friends now has our very own Instagram. Yeah, uh, we're actually doing it. We're actually promoting <laughs> shit. We're wow. Actually, <laughs> yes. Um, you can catch us at um shit. What was it? Not again. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's just, Sinister Sheep 314, I'm pretty sure. Uh yes. Um if we fuck that up, you'll just find it. Um right below the link the, below right below the link um on youtube yeah it's it's probably not on spotify but yeah and as now we are on spotify as well and youtube um i think that's all the sheep shit but anyway yeah oh yeah. Uh, uh spotify podcast will always be uh on spotify first and then a week later we'll be on youtube just to give me time to you know, because my internet is shit and it takes like two days no to one, upload. No one needs to hear about your internet shit. problems. Yeah, I know. I keep complaining every single time. But, anyway. Uh, yeah, Marquise plugging your stuff. You want to be on Spotify's good side. Um, what was that? You want to be on Spotify's good side. They're the ones who are going to have all the money soon. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, for my music shit, um, you can find me on Instagram, Marquise Makes Music. I repeat, Marquise Makes Music. E-I, not I-E. Everyone fucks that up. Um, you can also find my music on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, or your favorite streaming service. Again, Markeith, E-I, not I-E. Every, people fuck that up. Now, um, go off to you, Jack. Why, thank you, good sir. I'm actually working on a couple projects. I am working on a audio commentary of... Uh, the Star Wars prequels. We're going to go through all the prequels. Uh, hopefully, Markeith will be able to join us and um, Peter from the Sheep and Weebs podcast. Uh, so we're going to be doing those. And I'm equally dreading it and excited for it because alcohol will be required to get through those movies. That is true. Um, and then another thing I am working on is a kind of video essay. I want to say video essay because it's not super researched. It's just my feelings toward Adult <laughs> Swim and how much I love Adult Swim, how it influenced my sense of humor, my childhood, everything, all that fun and jazz. So uh, I'm not putting a date on that because I'm going at my own pace. Uh, And then the last thing is, I'll just go right on and say it. We are doing a real-time dub of Kingdom Hearts. That's right. So basically, it's going to be live, completely improv online, and it's going to be freaking sweet. We got pretty much... Everyone, we just got to go through rehearsals and stuff. I'm going to push back rehearsals in the project itself just so 
everyone like by like a week or two just so that we could get well organized and stuff because I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. So like I'm trying to organize everything. But in a week or two, rehearsals will be done and then I'll actually record it and then it'll be posted. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I've been teasing it for a little bit, but yeah, it's a, it's official. We, we's going to do it. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, that's it for the sheep and friends podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We hope to catch you next time. Also. Yeah. Also, (laughs) also Dustin. (laughs) Yeah. I, I fucking suck at outros. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much for joining and thank you, Dustin. And we will see you later. Say goodbye. Bye.